So yeah, we're starting a new series uh, today uh, called Illuminate. And I just want to start off um, just sharing my heart a little bit about where we're at, where we've been, and where I think God's, God's taken us. And uh, as Daniel said, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about on Christmas Eve. And we do the Christmas candlelight. I'm sure you guys, if you weren't here, you did that somewhere. You've been to one of those before. And uh, we do the real fire here, you know, lately, you know, now it's been, oh, let's be safe with Jesus, and, and we, we get the battery-operated kind, and uh, we have those too, but for the little kids. Um, but, you know, we, we light those candles, we, we pass them around, we, we sing Silent Night, and then we just kind of don't talk about it again. This light that's supposed to enter our hearts, be in our world, to shine out of us into the creation that He has made just kind of maybe goes under a basket, if you will. You know, it's kind of like that, that scripture. And we're going to be talking about a few things today. And, and over the past, we actually had a completely different sermon series planned. And I won't give that name away or the title or the topic of it. Uh, one, because it's a joke now inside of our small group of staff. But then two, like, we could do it again, and then you just won't know. Um, or we could actually do it, not again, but for the first thing. And so, uh, you know, I was sharing with, with Daniel since we really left Christmas Eve, what was God calling us to talk about? What was God calling us to examine? And uh, I've just been in a place of like, well, no, let's not do that series and just let that go. And God has really put in a place in my heart today, like there's, there's, that's all you're going to have on screen today. Uh, there's going to be a few scriptures. I'm going to invite you to read along with me. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, go ahead and pull those out. Or if you don't have a Bible at all, there's some over to your left uh, underneath the prayer board. I'm sure Tony and Jay and some of the guys can grab one of those for you. Brand new donated uh, ESVs. And if you don't have a Bible at all, uh, please take that one home with you. Um, write your name in, in Sharpie. Um, this is our gift to you as a, as a church. So the least we can do, again, is give you the Word of God. But... Um, so I was only, you might call it writer's block, you might call it um, searching and seeking, and I think that's really where these verses are, are coming from today, uh, but every time I went to try to write something, every time I went to try to put something down, I just ended up in this quiet place of, of prayer and meditation. It's like God was saying, you know what, just don't. And I've never had that before in my life. And if you know me and you've been here for the past couple of years, this is... I'm way outside the boat with Jesus. I'm pulling a Peter this morning, and I'm just hoping that he's going to be there to grab me um, with where this is going. Um, and so I may be uncomfortable, but at the same time, I really believe that's what God is calling my heart to talk about this morning. And, and I hope we go on this journey together. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to start off this series, Illuminate, because it, it, again, it really picks up with Christmas Eve and where that was with the lights and not being done going into the new year. So go ahead and if you have your Bibles again or smartphones, turn them on. We're going to go to the book of John. I've been there a lot lately. Book of John. And we're going to be actually starting in John chapter 2. John chapter 2 verses 13. And if you might see this, Jesus cleanses the temple. If you're reading the ESV, that's what it says. And you're like, this is a weird place to start an Illuminate series. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> You are so right. This is a weird place to start an Illuminate series, but bear, bear with me. So the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Notice this is one of three Passovers that John talks about. Um, there's a Passover here, there's one in chapter 6, and then there's the one where you know, Jesus, again, gets betrayed, the Last Supper and the crucifixion and, and all that stuff we quote-unquote kind of know. But this is the first one that's chronicled in the book of John. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. 
And well, why, why do they have those things inside the temple? Well, it was because they had to do, uh, according to the law, offer a sacrifice. Because Jesus had just come. He wasn't the sacrifice for all of our sins yet. So they had, according to the law, they had to give like two pigeons. And like, okay, that's my sacrifice. And basically what it ended up being was these pigeon and dove salesmen and these oxen salesmen and these sheep salesmen brought everything into the temple and then they price gouged it all. You're like, hey, how bad have you been? I've been kind of bad. Ooh, that's two pigeons. Mm, that's two pigeons. How bad have you been? Uh, I've been pretty bad. Ooh, you need an ox. I can't afford an ox. God's not going to like you. And they just did this inside the temple. They price gouged everything. And so they had to come in. And Jesus comes in there and he's like, hold up a minute. Everything that's going on inside this temple right now is wrong. And so what does he do? Let's pick up in the next verse. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And I don't know if you've ever sat down, but I just picture like Jesus kind of sitting on a steps. Have you, has anyone in here ever just made a whip from hand by hand? I haven't. I, it, there's some time involved there. Like, you don't just pull out cords like, oh, yep, whip, I got one of those. Like, no, he had to go find cords, and he sat there. I'm sure he's watching or listening to all this stuff going on inside the temple, and Jesus is just sitting there like, uh-huh, yep, slowly just making this whip and making this whip and making this whip. So he goes in there, intentionally drives everything out, and he, and he poured out the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, the price gouger, wrong people, right? He said, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Like in other words, whose authority are you doing this under? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And then the Jews said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. You see, that's where some of us are at this morning. You may be one of these kind of categories we may be talking about. You may be going into a category of maybe some things are going on in your temple that you know shouldn't be. Maybe some things are going inside of your temple, going out of 2016 and into 2017, that you know that it's going to take some real whipping to get those out. Because if it was something that you could have changed, let's be honest, you would have changed it already, right? You might need someone like Jesus to forcefully take his time, make a whip, and get those things out of your life. These addictions or problems, pathological lying. And then the list just goes on and on and on. You know what's going on inside of your heart, and God does too. I don't. Thank you, Jesus. It might be one of those situations. And a lot of us, have you guys ever seen Mad TV? There's a guy, there's a guy named Stuart. It's a character, they don't film it anymore. And, and this little guy named Stuart, he, he, I mean, he's just a full-grown dude walking around in you know, whitey-tidy underwear, and it's really, it's really interesting to see. But this guy named Stuart, you know, his mom, well, Stuart, what are you going to do? Right? And the Stuart is like, he's like, no. Right? It's like he doesn't want it in there. Just really playfully, no. And some of us are honestly, like with the problems that we have going on in our life, we pull a Stuart. We know things are going on really, really bad. We're like, no. We're comfortable with the darkness that we should be and are called to be and should have inside the light. No. Isn't going to get rid of it. But Jesus has a whip. We're going to pause here. Turn over to Matthew. 
There's one other passage we're going to look at this morning about Jesus driving these guys out of the temple. And we know it happened at least twice. Okay, John chronicles all three Passovers. Okay? And this is one that is, is in the book of Matthew. It could have been the, the different time. It could have been the same time. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And this one goes just a little bit different. And that's why a lot of scholars think in the synoptic gospel is different from John. That that's one of the things that maybe this has happened multiple times. And Jesus had to go back and, and do it again and cleanse the temple again. And again, that might be your different category this morning. Maybe it's just not a once and done for you. And that was great. And Jesus came into your life maybe 15 years ago. And you've had kind of some ups and downs. But you know what? Jesus can go back inside your temple again and clean it all out again. And Jesus entered the temple in verse 12 and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. They're like, what is it with these people and pigeons? Like, what is sin is worth a pigeon? So he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of what? House of prayer but you make it a den of robbers. So he drives all these guys out, right? All the guys who shouldn't be doing what they're doing, where they're doing it. And the moment he drives them out, what do you see change? What's the next verse? And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And if we just read this carefully, we can breeze over a really big moment. First of all, the blind and the lame came to him. How? They're blind and they're lame. They've got issues, right? They probably needed assistance. There's a lot of steps going into the temple. And into the temple. And they had these different courts. And you went in and you went in and you went in deeper until finally only one dude wasn't allowed in one year, one time, to go into the Holy of Holies and make a sacrifice to God. And all these people, the blind and the lame, the people who were supposed to be outside the temple... For good, never allowed in. Never allowed in. Unclean people were suddenly, because Jesus had driven all the bad things out, suddenly were allowed to be in the temple with Jesus. And what did Jesus do in that moment? Not the next day, not the next week. What did he do? He healed them. You see, when he drives the things out of your life with a whip, there's a miracle that happens inside of you and inside of me. And it's not something that you can do, and it's not something that I can do. And that's why we're here to talk about what Jesus can do. You may need a miracle going into 2017. You may be wrestling with that thing, that issue, that someone, that circumstance, this location, this problem that you've had for a long time. And you also may have known Jesus for a long time, but you know what? He can still come in, drive out what needs to be driven out, and give you the miracle that only he can do in your life. Let's keep going. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? Do you hear what these kids are saying? Like they're saying Hosanna to you. And Jesus is like, uh, yeah. And Jesus said to them, yeah. It's not, well, you might say yes, it's a little toned down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. So you may be in that different category of going into 2017 and you might need to just a brand new clean slate, fresh start and Jesus can do that. And you might need to be in that place where you've let things slip back in. Even though he's driven them out before and a different quote-unquote Passover of your life, 
things have started creeping back in. The darkness gets easy. The light gets hard to shine. Let's go back to John. Book of John, same place we were. We're going to bounce just a little bit ahead to chapter 3. And we're going to read the first part of chapter 3 to get to the end of chapter 3 so it makes sense, okay? No, we're not reading the whole chapter. It's okay. Whew. Some people said it's, it's getting hot in here. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Like, this is, he's got it going on. He's smart. He's over many, many people. And this man came to Jesus by night, not during the day. He's probably a little embarrassed. But he comes to him and he says, what? Rabbi, teacher. He, Nicodemus is already honoring Jesus' his authority. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, obviously thinking very literally, very educated, born, born again, what, was, what does this mean? Um, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And if you have kids, you probably have a mental image you now can't get rid of. Like, how do you, how do you get back in there and then, and then come back out? How does this born again thing happen? And Jesus answered, here it is again, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And you might be like Nicodemus right now, like, huh? And that's a whole other sermon by itself right now that we're not going to go into right now. And Nicodemus said to him, <clears throat> huh? Again, your, your version might say, how can these things be? I like, Huh? Uh, Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we, and we bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. You're not hearing what I'm putting down. If I have told you earthly things, and, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who is descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. We're going to pause right here. We're going to keep going. We had to read to this point because of what we're talking about. You're like, okay, what does this deal with Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness? You can go back to Numbers chapter 21, right? And the, and the Israelites were walking around in the desert like there's nothing. Like, I'm picturing no rocks, no trees. These people are hungry. They've had the manna from heaven. They've already had a few victories over the Canaanites, but at this point, they're still unhappy. It's not enough. And they're griping, and they're complaining. And God's like, you know what? Okay, snakes. Not snakes on a plane. Snakes in the desert. All right? And you're going to be... Well, have fun. You want to you try me? Okay, have fun. It's snakes in a desert. Pa-pa. Anyone like snakes? Two, three. The, look at how they all congregate together. It's like a small group of snake lovers. <gasps> There's got to be something to that something to that. There's got to be something to that. What about dog people? Where are you at, dog people? That's right. You, my people. Snake. All right. So, this, they're at, and the Israelites are stuck out in the desert with these snakes, right? And some of them are getting bit. Some of them are, are dying. And they're like, oh my gosh, we are so sorry. Snakes. Just everywhere look snakes. And, and, and Moses and Aaron go say, what are we going to do? And God says, okay, here's the deal. 
I want you to, to take a snake, make a fake snake, and put him on a pole, and then guess what? Everyone who looks at the snake is going to be healed from the snake. Does that make any sense? No. Okay. So you're with me, but that's what God said to do. So Moses makes this bronze snake, and he puts it on a pole, and then everyone who looks up on this snake is raised high, is healed. Out in the middle of this desert, people who are running from snakes have to look at a snake to be healed from snakes. And this is how you know it's God, because this makes no sense. And just like Nicodemus, we're like, huh? And here's the beauty of it. I don't know about you, but if you've been in, been in a desert, there's a, short, there's a shortage of poles, right? Of giant sticks. Like, there's not a, an, an abundance of, of just, hey, where's that PVC? Where's that 14 by 14 PVC? Yeah, bring that up here. I'm so glad we brought that from Egypt. No, they, they didn't have all that around. There's a shortage of poles. So what they most likely had was a standard. And your version may say a standard. And the standard is a sign. You want to picture like the Roman legions. It's this giant, probably 12-foot banner that goes up. But it's not just a vertical pole, is it? Try putting a bronze snake hanging on a vertical pole. What happens? Snake fall down. No one can see snake up high. Snake fall down, go boom. Okay? So that's what happened. So it wasn't just a pole. It was a standard. It wasn't just have a vertical beam. It had a what? A horizontal beam. What does a vertical beam and a horizontal beam look like? So in other words, out in the middle of the desert, people have to look up at a snake to be healed from snakes. Thousands of years later, God in the form of a man needs to be looked at to be healed in the desert of our surroundings from man's problems. That's what Jesus is talking about here. This is a parallel that's just woven straight through the fabric of Scripture. And it's no different for us. And that's what Jesus is talking about. If you want to be healed from the manly, from the worldly problems, then look up to the guy who hung on a cross with a vertical and a horizontal beam, and you will be healed. The light who came into the world was hung up for us so that we could look and see what that light is. And today, you might be in that different category. Maybe just needing to look toward the light. And then he goes on. And this is still Jesus speaking. And it's probably the most famous verse of the Bible besides Genesis 1. Like, and in the beginning, God... Blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. Creation, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And it's kind of weird because who's the only Son? It's Jesus. Jesus is talking about Himself in the third person. Because it's the, the, the absolute humility. He's like, listen, it's not about me even. Even my identity in this moment is not Jesus, it's God's Son. I don't stand on my own without Him. It's His will. It's not mine. Even in this moment. For God did not send His Son, again, third person, into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And whoever believe, does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. You haven't looked to the light hanging up on that pole. For you. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved 
the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone does wicked things, hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This might, again, be you in a different category this morning. This might be exactly where you're at. You're that person who, who maybe you were here at a different service and you, and you held up the candle half-heartedly on Christmas Eve because you knew that there were things inside that God would not be proud of. And that darkness has creeped in and in and deeper and deeper. And maybe we just put up a no. But what does Jesus say here? No, isn't going to cut it. And he might have to drive out the things in your life. The addictions, the problems, the worries, the fears, the frustration, the anxiety. The whatever makes you you that you know shouldn't be there. Because Jesus is light. To be honest, we're, we're living in a Christian generation now that, that we have a bunch of little lights that are really comfortable with certain amounts of darkness. Do you know that over 50% of Christian males have a porn problem? Do you know that 37% of Christian females are also addicted to porn? That's not even talking alcoholism, drug addictions, And the list just goes on. Social media has made it very easy for us, right? We create a profile, and that's the, that's the person we put out there for the world to see. And then we close the door, we go in back rooms, and we're like, God can't see me. It doesn't work like that. Because God sees us at our best and at our worst. And if you want a new life, if you want a 2017 that's going to be much different than 2016 or 2015, you've got to let that light come in and expose your darkness. And it's going to be ugly. Because if you've ever gone down into like your grandparents' basement where they kept all the old canned goods from like 1956 and the TV that used to work at the same time, and you go down there, you go down into the basement and it's dark and it's like, oh my gosh, turn on a light. You turn on a light and what does it look like? Snakes! No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it's cobwebs and it's spiders, right? And it's maybe bugs. Maybe bugs that like, ah, they look like that now, but it's, it's nasty. It's not going to look pretty when you turn on the light. But the only way to clean it up is to turn on the light. And that's what Jesus did in the temple. The only way to clean that up is to turn on the light to go in there and drive those things out. Whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Maybe that's where your Christmas Eve ended. To get a candle in your hands and just be, have that seed be planted. This is the reminder that, yeah, I'm supposed to have this light. That, that Jesus came to be the light for the world. Maybe I just need to stop worrying about the snakes and look to the light. And we're going to close with this scripture, Matthew. Back to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13. Again, the words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Then he goes on, verse 14. You are the, what? You are the, you are the, you are the, you are the, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And this might be the final category where you're at this morning. Maybe, maybe Jesus has done a work in you or He's continuing to do a work in you. And you, you've forgotten the snakes in your life and, and you're trying to do your best to look towards the light. And here's where I'm going to encourage you and here's where I'm going to challenge you as we close out this morning. Because our job is to what? Is to illuminate this dark, dark world. And that's where Jesus finishes up here. In the same way, let your light what? Shine before others. How are they going to know Jesus if you don't shine brightly for Him? How are they going to see Jesus if they see you go behind closed doors and do the thing you shouldn't do? How are they going to see Jesus when you talk to your kids that way? How are, how are they going to see Jesus when, when you fill in the blank? You know what's going on inside of you. There's something every single one of us can let go of today. Not tomorrow, today. Because someone else in this dark world needs to see a Jesus that maybe you're meant to be the light for them. How are they going to see past the snakes in their desert if you don't hold that light up for them? If you're going to be that city on a hill, cannot be hidden. And that's where I want to leave off for this first day. It seems to be a moment for us. Yeah, it's bright, right? It's like, whoa! That's an LED bulb, too. Be glad I didn't get the, the regular kind. And a lot of us, like, we, we're really comfortable with, like, lampshades in our faith. Like, oh, that's so much nicer, isn't it? See, we, let me get the effects of the light, but we don't really have to like look straight at it because, to be honest, it kind of hurts my eyeballs, right? And we, we like lampshades in our face. Let's just cover this up a little bit. I'll shine on Sunday mornings. Woo! Ooh, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe Wednesday night, maybe prayer group. Woo! Okay. Maybe we go out and we have that dinner and we're like, you know what? Let's pray before we eat. When Jesus is calling us to not do this, but to do that, all the time. And when we let the light look into our lives, His light look into our lives, again, it's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly. But we are called to live as children of the light. We're called to be that city on a hill that cannot be hidden because Melbourne needs a city on a hill. There are 350,000. Yeah, I got that right. According to the last sentence, 350,000 and the metropolitan Brevard County, Melbourne, O'Galley, Palm Bay, and Beachside areas that do not know Jesus Christ. Can we just get that in our heads in a second? 350,000 people. Not 35, not 35,000, 350,000. Melbourne needs a light. Melbourne needs a light in your workplaces, in your schools. In your schools, James. In your school, no. Yeah, in your schools. Melbourne needs a light in your homes. Dads, where are you at? Melbourne needs a light. Melbourne needs a light. 
wherever you are. Going to PTA meetings. Soccer mom with the van. Brother-in-law with a Mustang. Wherever you at, no one needs a light. The question is, are we going to be that light? Because when you turn this thing on, you can't like, it's hard to look at, right? That's what Jesus is for us. No one could ever look on God and live, right? It's just pure light. The best of the best, the truth of the truth. And just like the Israelites in the desert, we are called to look up and be healed. And that same light that healed us can inhabit us and then shine out of us into a dark and desperate world. And that's where I want to challenge you today. To be a light, not just here where it's easy, or easier even, but the moment we go out these doors, you may have seen a sign in a couple of different places, we enter the mission field, right? Melbourne needs a light. We are called to be that light. And if you want your 2017 to be different, if you want to illuminate, if you want to have that glow that's not from the facial scrub or a great body wash, if you want to have that glow like, hey girl, how you get that? That's my Jesus. If you want to be that light, if you want to have that thing that everybody else is looking for and does not have, be a light. Be a light. Let's pray.